Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Dr. Andrew Clark currently serves as the International Chaplain for Mercy Ships, but he started as a volunteer physician many years ago. Today, he is sharing a powerful story of trusting God and watching Him do miracles. Here is a holiday highlight with Dr. Andrew Clark. On the Pacific Ruby, we didn't have an operating rooms, and so we had to do a lot of work off the ship. And I thought it was exciting. There was a, a lot of exciting things that we could do, and we did a lot of dental work, and we did a lot of eye work. You know, the different places that we went to, the lack of access to medical care in mercy ships, the lack of access to surgical care is such an important thing. So many people in the world today lack access to safe, affordable, and timely surgery. Yeah. And that's what I saw in these different places. And that was, they were able to take care of their people pretty much from a primary care perspective. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't have was the specialist care, in particular, the surgery. Wow. And uh, that was really, really, really tough. And I remember one particular story. So you asked me kind of like, what was things like? And yeah. we were on the, my very first trip uh, on the Pacific Ruby, we were in uh, the Cook Islands and we sailed to an island that was way up, just right, right close to the equator. So the very, very top of the, of the Cook Islands. And the Cook Islands is spread out over, I can't remember, I think it's like 2 million square uh, miles or something, or kilometers. It, mm. It's a huge part of, of the ocean. I, I might have got my figures wrong there, but it's very, very spread out. And so we went to this very remote island. And uh, when we got to the island, um, they were like excited because they said there was someone there that needed surgery. And um, we had uh, myself and then there was uh, an ophthalmologist um, on board. And then we had another doctor. It was actually the minister of health. Um, and none of us were surgeons hmm. and, um, and she needed surgery. And uh, I remember um, thinking at the time, um, you know, there's nothing we can do. And yet they were looking to us and saying, yeah, you, you brought the ship here and, and can you please help? Hmm. And um, it was a sad story. I mean, she had a, um, a, a baby that had died in utero. Hmm. And uh, so um, uh, she, uh, she needed surgery. And I remember, um, you know, thinking I, I was very self-focused at that stage because I thought everyone's looking at me, I'm the crew doctor. And of course, the ophthalmologist, I mean, he, 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 wasn't, he was not about to, to do obstetric surgery. And, and the uh, Minister of Health um, was, uh, was in, you know, he was in um, uh, uh, management now. And so he wasn't about to do anything. And I mean, even if we could have, hmm. we didn't have an operating room on the ship. There was no operating room. You know, there was a small clinic on this island, but there was no operating room there. We didn't have anesthetic. We didn't have instruments. Wow. And we didn't have one of those little books, you know, that, that says how to do surgery when you don't know. <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, that's, you couldn't, that's, you couldn't watch a video on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. There was nothing like that. there's no internet back then. And, um, and so, you know, we didn't have one of those books and there are books that are written, you know, sort of for how to do surgery and then are quite called like that, but it's essentially, how do you do surgery when you don't know how to do surgery? Um, and, and so there was nothing, we just, we couldn't help this person. And I remember feeling completely and utterly helpless and I was really quite mad at God because this was our first patient. 
And I thought to myself, you know, here I am. I'd been, I'd been introduced to the organization in 1983. This is now 1991. I'm super excited to finally be part of, uh, of the organization and to be working with them. And there's absolutely nothing I can do. And I remember going out and just standing under this palm tree and just really very angry with God, if I'm going to be absolutely honest. Mm. And I was like, God, why are you doing this? You know, I mean, if, if you'd given me a patient like someone with a sore throat or, 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 or a cold or even pneumonia, you know, I could deal with that. But this is a surgical case and we don't have any way to operate and we can't do anything. Mm. And I remember it was very, very self-focused. I was, I was extremely negative and it was all about, oh, you know, I can't do anything. It was all about me. Mm. And um, I remember while, while I was sort of um, wallowing in misery and, and, and uh, just you know, getting mad about this whole situation that I couldn't do anything, I remember this woman, young woman came up and tapped me on the shoulder and she said, hey, look, we need to go and pray for this, this, this woman. As she, was, she, was, she was one of our crew members. Mm. And I said, I turned around to her and I remember saying this, I turned around to her and I looked at her and I said, Margie, she doesn't need prayer, she needs an operation. That's, oh. that's how, that's how um, sort of like... Uh, self-focused I was. Mm. And, um, and Margie said, you know what, there isn't anything you can do right now. So we need to pray for her. And I was like, okay, you know, fine, I'll come with you, you know? And then she, we went to this, the room and, and she asked me if I would pray. And I said, you know, honestly, I'm in such a bad place at the moment. I think you need to pray. And so she goes, okay. And then she said, I think, well, I'll start by singing over her. And I nearly lost it, Ryan. I mean, I was like, mm. sing over her. I thought you were going to pray over. Her. I mean, I, <laughs> you can tell I was just in such a bad place. Yeah. Um, just from myself. And it was a selfish place. It was a self-centered place. And, um, and in the end, um, I said, okay, you know, you pray. And Margie said a short prayer. And I thought, wow, that was short. You know? But anyway, um, it, you know, we, we went away and, and we went back to the ship and we were, we were um, slightly out um, uh, uh, on, a, um, on the ship. We had to go out in the Zodiac. And uh, the next morning I came back. Uh, by the way, we did do what we could do. So we put in an intravenous lineup and we put in some intravenous antibiotics, but, you know, she was in a serious place. She mm-hmm. really needed um, the, the dead fetus to come to, to be uh, delivered. And I remember going back and thinking, you know, I'm going to come back and she's not going to be okay. And there was a nurse on the island who had been kind of looking after her um, and um, went back. And when I got to the room, she was sitting at the edge of her bed. And she was completely better from really being deathly ill the, the, the wow. night before. And, uh, and she motioned to me and then through a translator, she explained that in the middle of the, of the night, she had um, this urge to pass um, this dead fetus. And she did. And uh, she passed the, the, the fetus and, and, uh, and everything. And, um, and she was um, completely better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, I kind of went back to that, that tree, you know, where I got, got mad at God, yeah. um, the palm tree. And I just said, God, I'm really, really sorry. Mm. Um, I was so focused on what I couldn't do. I never, I didn't, I didn't even think about what you could do. And I was selfish. And, you know, and I think that was a highlight for me. It was the beginning yeah. of my time in mercy ships where I realized that, um, and, and, and someone gave me a plaque. Um, and I've got, I still have the plaque that, uh, in, my, uh, in my office, but they gave me this plaque and the plaque essentially says this, that God never asks about your ability or your inability. He asks about your availability. Mm, yeah. And uh, I thought to myself, and that's a powerful thing. Absolutely. God never asks. It doesn't mean that I've heard the quote um, misquoted where it says God doesn't care about. No, he really does care about your abilities. 
Yeah. Um, and by the way, we, we, we care about most, most ships cares about abilities. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we're, we're not going to put people in positions that they're not qualified for. Absolutely. Um, and so everyone is highly qualified. I mean, you have to be qualified, but, but God doesn't start by asking about whether you're able or whether you're in, you, he doesn't ask about your abilities or inabilities. Mm. He starts by asking, are you available? Yeah. And I had made myself available, except I didn't make myself available to the, the living God. I didn't go to him and say, God, there's nothing I can do. I am here. I am. What do I need to do here? And had I done that and had I had that posture, I think the Lord would have said, you know, well, you can pray, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, that was a really, really important lesson. And I remember going on and, and that really shaped how I, um, how I approached um, things from then onwards, because as, as I said, you know, we couldn't do surgery, which, uh, which is so, so important. And I'm, I'm just thrilled that that's what Mercy Ships focuses on right now. But yeah. we did do what we could do. And there were times when we could do great stuff. And there were things, times when, uh, when you know, you took your five loaves and fishes and you put them into the master's hands and you see, you saw him do um, amazing things. Um, I remember another story uh, later on uh, the following year where there was um, a, a little child and there was nothing that we could do. I mean, it, literally they were, um, they had a very, very severe uh, infection and a fever and I wasn't too sure and I remember you know we did what we could do and um, the mom looked at us and said is there anything else you can do and I said well I would like to pray mm. and she said yes I would like that too and uh, we prayed for this little child and the next day we came back and the little, the little boy was completely well um, wow. and I remember looking at at the mom and she just looked at me and through translator she said God has healed my baby Wow. And uh, she recognized where the healing had come from. I mean, we had done some stuff, you know, we gave the antibiotics and all, but um, so the, sort of like, and those are sort of stories that are not, um, you know, they're not the, the stories that most of the times we were able to do something and we, we were able to, to see um, uh, God work through us and, and, yeah. and through the medicines that we could provide. And ultimately, of course, now the surgeries that we can provide, but sometimes you know, there's been miraculous stories and I don't know how to answer all of those because I don't know why. <laughs> sometimes it's miraculous and sometimes it's, things don't work out, but uh, God is sovereign, isn't he? Absolutely. And so you yeah. just have to say, God, we're here. Um, we are required to give you the five loaves and fishes. Yep. We are required to put those into your hands and we look to you to use those to multiply them to feed your yeah. people. God isn't looking at resumes trying to find the most qualified person to do His work. No, He's looking for someone who is available and willing to give all that they have so that He can multiply it and do amazing things. Come back next week for our final holiday highlight with Nurse Kelly Denning.